1: Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash audio. Visit IXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
2: Jones back to throw. Rifles one of the goal line. It's caught for a touchdown. Isaiah Zuber.
0: Chris from Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. Man, did Mac Jones made that look too easy. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Well,
2: we'll see if Mac Jones can make it look easy in the regular season. Welcome back, Joe O, Joe G. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, right here on the BetQL Network. You can find us on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on Twitch You're right now. Joining us to talk all things NFL, Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus, one of our favorite guests. And Eric, we'll start with a a big one from yesterday. Mac Jones is the starter in New England. Not that shocking. But Cam Newton is out just on the roster he's at, not even the backup quarterback. What did you make of the Patriots' decision to go with Mac Jones and to cut Cam Newton?
3: Uh, you know, the Mac Jones one makes sense. You look at the money uh, you know, aspect of it. If Newton has a great season in 2021, Then the Patriot, he can go immediately to them for a contract extension that will, you know, be pretty costly. Whereas if Mac Jones is a rookie, falls out in year one, they have cost control on him for three years. Um, so there's that aspect of it, which if you believe two players are sort of equally good, that kind of breaks a tie, in my opinion. Um, the one that's on a rookie deal versus one that's not. Um, but then if you're, you're going to go with Mac Jones, having Cam Newton as a backup, being an unvaccinated player. And I know Belichick claims that that wasn't a reason, but like, you know, it's a risk reward thing, right? Like the chances that you're going to, you're not going back to Matt uh, to cam unless Matt gets injured. Quarterbacks don't get injured that much in the NFL, but guys get on the COVID list all the time. And, and you think about the, the sort of dynamics of, you know, COVID-19 in the country currently, like, uh you know there's a vaccine available to those who want it but those who don't want it I think that they're every bit as likely to catch covid now as they did a season ago when there wasn't a vaccine.
4: Eric we knew the uh betting market for offensive rookie of the year would react and subsequently overreact but I didn't know that Mac Jones was going to go from the fifth favorite to now the second favorite at a lot of spots uh, <laughs> it kind of blows my mind that Zach Wilson, who we know is going to start Week One, had a terrific preseason. At some spots, he's the fifth favorite, or he's the same odds as Justin Fields, who we know is going to be on the bench Week One.
3: Yeah, it's it's not. Uh, <laughs> it certainly doesn't make the most sense. I think Wilson's still the best value there. The Jets, uh, I think, are going to be closer in strength to the Patriots than many believe. Um, and, and that is something that you know the market needs to price in, and until it does, it's an advantage uh, for betters.
2: Eric Eager, Pro Football Focus, with us, Eric. We were just discussing the NFC West before you hopped on how we would bet it, our favorite plays in that division. It's a strong division. I mean, the, the, the team projected in last the Arizona Cardinals, eight and a half wins. Uh, when you look at that division, uh, how would you handicap it? Because it looks like the Niners and and the Rams are are the favorites, but not that far behind Seattle, who always seems to be good, you know, and in the playoffs with Russell Wilson, and the Cardinals kind of knocking on the door there. When you look at the NFC West, who, who would be your pick right now? Who's your favorite to win that division?
3: Yeah, and we actually have a tool on, on pff.com for those that want to look at it where we do have sort of like projections for division title, win totals, uh, etc. So, um, you know, we, we have the, the Seattle Seahawks, the LA Rams, and San Francisco 49ers all within three percentage points of each other. To win the division, uh, LA at 29%, San Francisco, or sorry, Seattle at 29%, and then actually San Francisco at 26%. Um, you know, that's not really what's being reflected in the market, right? You, you have two teams in LA and San Fran who are sort of in that plus 180 to plus 200 range. You have Seattle who's in that plus 250 plus to plus 300 range. Uh, and then Arizona who we give a 16% chance to. So that's, you know, five to one or so, um, you know, pulling up the rear. So, from that perspective, I think you almost have to bet Seattle and Arizona. The one thing I'm worried about with Arizona is, you know, Malcolm Butler retiring Um, you have injuries uh, throughout that secondary. Um, or Not injuries, but just like lack of depth um, in a division where at least two of the quarterbacks in Stafford and Wilson are considered to be good and another offense in San Francisco that very much will be good. Can they hold up defensively? And if they can't, uh, can Cliff Kingsbury coach an offense that can keep up scoring-wise? That has not been the case so far through uh, two seasons for Kingsbury.
4: Eric, you're uh, you're a big Chiefs fan. Let's go to that division. Uh, which team uh, do you think is going to get the majority of the losses? What, what's the last place team in the AFC West?
3: It's a great one. I actually am bullish on the Raiders. I know the market likes the Raiders as the worst team. Um, you know, there's always that tail risk with the Chargers. The Chargers are the Chargers every single year. I don't care what sort of uh, you you want to do there. So it, it might very well be. Um, it very well be might be Denver, and you know, I think the the starting of Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Lock is in an attempt to avoid that, right? An attempt to sort of uh, get yourself on the green, get about eight wins, which is where we have the projected, seven point nine wins. Um but, but make no mistake it's not really a a a winning strategy long term, nor uh, you know, could it be, you know, with Bridgewater's sort of brittleness at times, nor could it be a, a strategy even for this season. So I would say Denver, even though they have maybe the best roster takeaway the quarterback in the division, might be the most likely team to finish in last place.
2: Eric, you're referencing your model, your win total projections over at PFF. When you've gone through this, have there been any that stood out one way or the other where you or the model look at it and say, you know what, we have it at a couple more wins than the betting market. Have there been any discrepancies where you think a team might be way better than the betting market or the opposite, where you think a team may be way worse than what the betting market thinks right now?
3: This is one, this is, I talk about this as like blackjack, where like if the, in, in half the hands, it doesn't really matter what you have. It matters what the dealer has. And I think that way about the Jaguars. Like, the Jaguars have the 31st easiest or sorry, 31st most difficult schedule in the NFL, second easiest. They have a young quarterback who has a lot of potential, which can cover a multitude of sins. They have, you know, young playmakers. I know they lose ETN, but they have young playmakers in charge. Uh, you know, uh, LaVisca Chenault who looked great against the Cowboys. They have a defense with athletes. I don't necessarily know if I call them a great defense, but you look at the division. You know Indianapolis going to be without Ty Hilton for a while, already banged up on the offensive line, and then they're starting Carson Wentz at quarterback. That I mean, Indianapolis isn't a team where I'm like, look, Jacksonville can't compete because Indianapolis is there. Um, Tennessee is another team I like. Like I like Ryan Tannehill. I like Julio Jones and AJ Brown. Their defense is going to be atrocious again this year. And, um, if Tannehill falls off at all because they have a different offensive coordinator and Todd Downing, uh, a guy who took the Raiders from 12 and 4 in 2016 to out of the playoffs in 2017, mm. then, then, you know, that's another weakness in that division. And then you look at the Houston Texans. I mean, the Jaguars are three point favorites against Houston in week one on the road. That's all you need to know about Houston this year. So the Jaguars are a team that I don't think is any good, but like, they somebody's got to win some of these games, and in a weird way, I think the Jaguars might win seven or eight games, even though they're not a, a good football team.
4: With Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus here on BetQL Daily, Joe O, Joe G, uh, Eric, these rookie quarterbacks, everything's great in the preseason, and the majority of them are going to be starting in Week 1. Now, a lot of old-school football people will tell you, oh, you want to bet against those rookie quarterbacks, especially earlier on in the year. In most cases, those teams are not ready to win if they're starting uh, the rookie quarterback right away. Is that still the case in 2021? Is that still the case? I mean, history suggests that uh, one or two of these guys, at least, are going to be busts. but uh, are quarterbacks coming into the league uh, more ready to play and win uh, now than ever before?
3: I don't think so. I, I think it's just that teams are better able to incorporate quarterbacks into the, into the situation, right? So, like, when Sam Bradford was drafted by the Rams in 2010 and it was the pre-CBA and he got the big bucks without even playing in a game, like, that takes away from some of the strength that you can have in a salary cap league in the rest of the roster, right? The 20, 2011, comes around and they, they change the CBA and they make it easier. So they make it easier to sign these guys because there's a rookie wage scale. And I think it took a while for teams to really say, well, you know, the biggest edge in having a young quarterback is being able to use that additional money to support him. And, you know, you saw it with the Chiefs, with uh, Mahomes. You know, they signed Sammy Watkins. They, they re-upped Mitchell Schwartz. They, you know, t- signed Tyra Matthew to be on the other side of the ball so that they would have a little bit of defense. They, they, they made big moves for Frank Clark. And, you know, they, that won them a Super Bowl. You look, uh, you know, at, at L.A., Right? L.A. traded for Brandon Cooks. They uh, signed Andrew Whitworth. Uh, they they re up Donald. They did all that stuff because golf was very inexpensive. That that guy them a Super Bowl appearance. Same thing with the Eagles. The Eagles had a ton of injuries their Super Bowl year, but they had depth, and they had depth because they weren't paying Carson Wentz all that much money. So, to me, I think the environment that a rookie quarterback comes into is a lot better now for, for some teams. And that environment can say, look, like this guy might not be better than Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Jared Goff, but I can take that extra money that all those other guys are making that this guy can't make and I can put like an extra offensive line depth there or I can I give him another corner and that will make the guy better, you know, almost by design in the first few years. And I think we're seeing that, uh, for some of these smart teams.
2: Yeah, I experienced that firsthand in Philadelphia, Eric, with the the 2017 Eagles. That roster was loaded around a a, a quarterback on his rookie deal in Carson Wentz. Eric, we usually don't make big deals of running backs when they get hurt. Quickly, about uh, less than a minute here. J.K. Dobbins, do you think it's a big deal for the Ravens' season losing him?
3: He was going to be good this year. Everybody that I talked to with the Ravens said that he looked amazing. So that obviously hurts them. I think running back in a weird way, the the running game in – in Baltimore matters more than it does for other teams. But I think the running back weirdly matters less because, you know, Lamar Jackson, like statistically speaking, just gives running backs better lanes. So as long as, you know, as long as they reach a certain threshold with their guys like Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, and guys like that, like, I think they'll be fine. Uh, But it is a blow. It's weird. Like, I don't think it moves the betting markets at all, but I do think it lowers maybe their ceiling as an offense, just a tad.
2: Great stuff. Eric, eager pro football focus. Eric, we appreciate it. We'll catch up soon as the regular season starts next week. All right, coming up on the other side, we got a lot to get into, including a big slate of Thursday night college football starting tomorrow. we got to look ahead to those games. We'll line those up. Joe G, Joe O, this is BetQL Daily. As always, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook right here on the BetQL Network.
4: three by the way They keeps dropping but uh, i'm still going to back the tigers they avoid georgia this season now they're bringing jake Pete back to be the offensive coordinator he was there working with joe brady uh, before he moved on to carolina in the nfl they have the best quarterback cornerback duo in the country uh, miles Brennan, when he did play last season man did they put up some points we're talking mid 30s low 40s that's what you need now in the sec talent across the board Feels like uh our, our guy's job is on the line here, so they need a big year. They need to go over eight. That's uh that's what I'm gonna do here. Um over eight, LSU Tigers, and it starts with the win against the Bruins this week.
2: I like it. All right, so my final pick here. So you got LSU for your final pick. I, I I'm going to the um the big twelve here for, for and I have a couple teams I was looking at. One under, one over. But I will go with the over. Let's go TCU over seven and a half wins. I've always liked Gary Patterson. I think we mentioned him and this program and this and this, over when we talked about the, the Big 12 a few weeks ago. A couple things stand out to me. One, they have a good roster, but it's, it's, it's not just good. It's, it's got a lot of returning starters. They have 18 returning starters from last year. The schedule is very manageable, and they have a bunch of good transfers. There's a metric that you can look, you look at with transfers versus returning starters, like returning yeah. production, added production. They're number four in the country in that metric. They've got a lot of players coming back with a good coach. I think they're going to have a big year. In kind of a a Big 12 where there's not that many teams that are really good, right? You have Oklahoma, you have Iowa State. It's not great. Texas might be pretty good, but TCU goes over seven and a half. So my three picks: Washington over eight and a half, Clemson under 11 and a half, TCU over seven and a half. Paul Aspen,
5: what do you so, got? So I've got one picked out, but a couple of questions. Just looking at some of these teams in the ACC, like a Miami nine and a half. North Carolina, nine and a half. Do you see yourself, you guys, like, wanting the over on either of those? I just feel like that's I, tough.
4: Yeah, I, I had a tough time with that. I considered both of those teams. I was looking at Miami under, but then I just started looking at it. And I'm like, oh. Uh, Minus they, 145. Th- that's, the schedule's so soft in that conference. Yeah. Right. You know, so that That's so, where I had the issue.
5: So we are staying in North Carolina, however, and we're going with North Carolina State. Over six and a half, minus 105.
4: (laughs) Is Dave Dorn still there?
5: He is. He is. So, all right, South Florida. By the way, so Reed Walk told us the other day about laying the 18 against South Florida. He's all over that. Kenny White has it projected as a 34-point line. So I might still jump in, just if you're interested in that sort of thing. Has it moved? uh, To 18 and a half. No, I mean,
4: from where, though?
5: Oh, uh, I don't know what it opened at. Okay. But I don't think it's moved in the wrong direction, if you will. Okay. South Florida, Furman. (laughs) There's two. I won't. Boston College, three. (laughs) Louisville, probably four. I mean, they're projected to be a 20-point favorite. Louisiana Tech, five. Florida State, eh, maybe. Wake Forest, six. Syracuse, seven. And you got, you know, North Carolina, Florida State. Miami could be a win. Clemson, probably not. Mississippi State, so. You got some options. You got some wiggle room. Over six and a half, minus one hundred five.
4: There are wins to be had in that conference. Yeah, yep, there are. You know?
2: so someone's going to jump up and win eight or nine games. and We're going to be like, wait, are they good or are they just were they in the ACC? It's it's a it's kind of that conference this year that it's like, all right, there's one team that really really stands out. I you know just to go back to the what uh, Paul brought up a second ago, I would go Miami under if I had to take it. I would actually go the under. I mean, they're going to lose to Alabama to start their season, so let's just chop one off right there.
4: Correct, correct. Okay, but where are the other three? I mean, other two.
2: Yeah. You have the schedule in front of you?
4: Yeah. um, The North Carolina game's in the middle of the season at North Carolina. That's a loss. Yes, I'm inclined to think so, but I also wouldn't be shocked if they win, and if they win that game, you're probably losing that bet.
2: I just feel like it's, for the last 15 years, fading Miami – is the way to go. Like anytime Miami's after a supposed, good
4: year. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Anytime Miami's supposed to be good. It's like they just disappoint. This is what they do. This Miami's it's like they're just not they're not the program people want them to be. And whenever they get close to that, it's like, oh ring jumps on Miami. And I I'll, I'll just go the other way. All right, that was fun. College football begins well tomorrow night in earnest. Week one of mm-hmm. the college football season. We're just a little over a week from the NFL season. On the other side, win totals futures best bets for the NFC West, the best division in football. Joe O, Joe G, this is Beck UL Daily presented by Fandle Sportsbook right here on the Beck UL Network.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or